Hi, everyone. This is Lara Taubman for the next episode of the Graveyard Sessions. I am so pleased to have my guest, Stephen West, notoriously known for being a world-famous knitter. Uh, He is a creator of patterns um, for knitting. Um, He is a master of design. And he is also uh, has his own uh, line of yarn that uh, is called West Wool. And he sells it at his yarn store in Amsterdam in Holland. And that store is called Stephen and Penelope. Um, he is a dear friend. He is also uh, someone I've just been having the best time with since we met a few years ago. Um, this interview was really an interview. I'm just going to call it how to knit joy (laughs) because, uh, being around him is one of the funnest things, uh, I can do with my time along with just getting into a beautiful creative flow. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy the interview. We cover so much stuff. Um, and I think in the end, it just comes down to, uh, how much joy he he inspires through his patterns that he makes that he creates and shares with uh, other knitters. If you are an avid knitter, Stephen's name is ubiquitous in the knitting world. If you make paintings, if you build buildings, if you write songs, if you do anything, this podcast is something you would find interesting because what we talk about is the bare bones of creating any, you know, creating his patterns, but it's how one goes about creating anything. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy the interview. And now without further ado, where I get so excited at the beginning of this interview, Stephen had to introduce me himself. (laughs) Uh, but I promise I calm down and we end up having a great conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, here is Stephen West. Welcome, everyone, to Lara's podcast. This is Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might use that. Um, <laughs> because I'm a spazadoodle, I'm having a hard time I- I'm formally introducing the podcast this week because. Stephen West is here, who is one of my favorite people walking on the planet currently and has been for a while. And I I get really excited when I talk to him and see him. Um, And and yeah, I'm just like my my mind melts. And and, and, and oftentimes if we're together in real life and I have a lot of yarn, I'll just explode it on top of him because... (laughs) 50 50 skeins of yarn just because I'm so excited. This is so this now that I've gotten the excitement out. This is Stephen West. Um, for those who are knitters, all you have to say is 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 the name Stephen West and West Knits and everything the air gets charged in and, and excited. If you can, he he is like this wonderful infectious joy that has <laughs> he's he's preening himself on the Zoom imagery. <laughs> I wish you could see him, um, <laughs> but he is this infectious joy uh, that has that has energized all knitting circles 
throughout the world. Um, he is, uh, I have a story. How are you, Stephen? I'd like to hear you now. I, cause I could go on and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> Tell me. I was purposefully being quiet just to let you go on and on and on. <laughs> I love introduction. Just make the whole thing this introduction. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I could go on for a half an hour like this on a monologue about you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Nothing of formal course. about me here. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, I mean, and this podcast uh, is about, uh, I invite people who, with whom I have always had, you know, just ongoing dialogue or that I know I could have a dialogue or conversation with. I love to talk and I could talk and talk and talk and talk. And my podcast has proven that to be true as I interviewed myself for nine podcasts about each song on my album and what inspired it. And when I started to do that, I was originally before COVID going to have someone to interview me. And then since that really wasn't an option in lockdown, I just interviewed me and I realized, oh my God, I can't shut up. It just, it like opened this wonderful Pandora's box and apparently people like them. So I keep going. There's magic to be had when you talk to yourself and reveal your <laughs> personalities unfold. Right. Well, and then I, you I can hear... I've experienced during this <laughs> Right. And, um, and, and there you can hear both sides of the talking. So it's like, Lara, what did you, what made you write that song? And if it's quiet, that like, that's the shower talk. Like, I'd be like, oh. but then in the, the, Lara, what did you think of, how did you make that song? I don't know how I made that song. I don't know. I just really felt it. Oh, I was having a bad day digestively. Okay. I got to stop. I, we got to focus. <laughs> I'm really like excited. So I can't, I'm like a kid in a candy store. And I have a list of things that I loosely want to, like in notes that I want to talk to you about, but I don't need to because we've had this wonderful conversation. And I, I just before we get started, I know this is you we're talking to, but I just, I want, <laughs> I want to talk about how I found you, like how I found you in the world and how after I found you in the world, uh, I had to find you in real life. <laughs> and, and yeah, um, <laughs> it's been so many years. It's been like, what, three or four years ago since I yeah. met you at your place? I think so. I think so. It was like well, four, four years ago or so. I think you, you manifested me into your <laughs> knitting world. You need <laughs> a knitting fairy to enlighten your projects and show you the unlimited possibilities that there are with fiber and color. And I'm your guy. <laughs> totally. You are my answer to so much fiber design and design too. I mean, you really go on. Yeah. Because you, you knit a couple of my scarves, I think, before you met me. I was teaching on a knitting tour. Yes, that's correct. Those of you who don't know knitting, there are knitting tours <laughs> where one goes around to yarn shops and festivals and uh, spreads. Worldwide. Knitspiration uh, around the world. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a knitting nomad, nomad with a K. So I usually travel all around and share my <laughs> obsession with yarn and fiber. So not this last year, but uh, right. I'm, I'm storing up, storing up all the ideas for when we're able to travel again. I'm just, Oh my God. And, and it will be, it'll be the 52 skein of yarn pickup. It'll be like yeah. an, a yarn explosion. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, 
Um, yeah, I mean, and and I know the world missed you in person this year, and I'm sure you missed you missed uh, doing all that touring. I mean, it's, and I always got, to, <laughs> I know, I know, and I always, I want to talk. I know, I know, I know, and with all your duffel bags of yarn and samples, and oh my god, it's amazing what you do, and. I'm, an, I'm just going to start and tell the story of, of how I found you. And then I want to talk about your life in the time of COVID because I think you've, you've really, you, it got, it, it got everyone who is creative to really strike a vein of unfound creativity. And you are not alone. I mean, it, and it just, what you what you did <laughs> What you did with your Instagram is is and your your knit along your yarn your mystery knit alongs and stuff was was it was like my favorite TV and I watch a lot of television <laughs> so, so um, um, and I want to talk about that more so I I have to say how we met is one of my favorite stories of how I ever I'll never you know some people you don't remember how you met but you know they've always been in your life or something or. They, with you, I'll never forget this. I had just started knitting and I was living in Bozeman, Montana and the yarn store, Yarn Scout uh, was there. And um, uh, I had, I could only, I was, I was terrible starting at knitting. Um, I, I had to knit these little squares for like two months just to figure out garter stitch, which is the simplest stitch in the world. And I just, it was just a mess for me. And um Sharon Ann Halt owned the store, but then she had an assistant, Kelsey, whose last name I can't remember. Um, and I, but as I started branching out, you know, I was like, okay, now I'm going to make a hat, you know, <laughs> and um, started doing that. And I got really excited. And so once I got past the basics and I realized I could start making clothes, which for me was, pff, that was like the mind melter, you know, Um once I started doing that, then I started being able to be like, okay, so, so why, why am I, as much as I love neutrals, I was like, I can't, I can't do this forever. <laughs> I can't, I want to make clothes, but oh my God, is it all going to be brownish yarn for the rest of my knitting days? So I went to Kelsey and I said, you know, I'm a little concerned, da, 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 because color has always really meant a lot to me. And I used to be a painter and it was always color for me. And Kelsey was like, oh no, Lara. She's like, <laughs> she's like, and this is when Hedgehog Yarns, which was, as far as I know, and I might be wrong, was Hedgehog Yarns from Ireland was one of the first, uh, like, you know, intense colors of yarn. And everybody was just, I remember everybody was like jonesing for the color birthday cake. The member fingering birthday cake, that beautiful lavender speckled. Yeah. For oh my so God. Long, I think patterns can often be so strict and you want to make a sweater and you need this amount of yarn to make it. Yeah. And here are your color options, but it's not often presented that you can really do anything. You know, you're making it from scratch and making every stitch and, designing the proportions and the pattern and the detail and everything. So why not customize it just that's, as much with color? And that's, that's still a kind of new idea, I think, to. That's to right. Yeah. 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 And it was so exciting. So Kelsey's like, Oh no, have you heard of this guy, Stephen West? 
I'm like, no, how would I have heard? I haven't been. So she's like, you gotta, you gotta see this. So she got online. She showed me this. And, and for anybody listening, go to your Google right now and type in Stephen West Ravelry or Stephen West Westnets. And you can bring up the whole page of all of your designs. It is just to look at that. If I'm in a bad mood, I'll pull that up and it makes me so happy because it's all, it's so beautiful. It's so spectacular. It's just like color and pattern and, and then all the styling that you do for your own photographs. I mean, you really, you're like a design, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you, but you're like a design genius. You're really, uh-huh. really exceptional in that way. So I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And, and I just, I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about your stuff. And I would go and I'd be like, how is he doing that with like neon yellow and orange in one shawl? And it's still so chic and sophisticated. Like, how is he doing that? And, and because, you know, I have this history with fashion and, and like, that's something we share too, is like, you know, just this, we adore beautiful wild looking clothes. So I was like, I was like, then in my heart, I was like, I have to meet this guy. How am I going to meet this guy? (laughs) And then, and then a couple, not two months later, I found out you were doing that tour and I was with Stephen B. And I was like, I was like, Sharon, we got to get, why wouldn't Stephen and Stephen want to come to Bozeman for, for this tour? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, no, you have to ask them and I'm going to have them to lunch. (laughs) Yeah, all I knew is that I was going to go teach at a yarn shop in Bozeman, Montana. And then our host (laughs) said, uh, there's this lady named Lara. She wants to have you over for quiche and ride ponies. And I was like, "Uh, sign me up. (laughs) I think when we heard this was going to happen, I was in Portland at the time. And I remember going to a thrift store and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to ride a horse in Montana. What am I going to wear? I don't have the appropriate attire. So I got some really nice tie-dye cut-off jorts. (laughs) I was was prepared. pictures oh my god yeah. and i remember yeah. bill the rancher just like what <laughs> yeah. so i borrowed these horses from your neighbor bill and all i remember was him like meeting me and like okay what's your name steven okay have you ever ridden a horse before <laughs> i was like uh not like i rode a pony when like someone was carrying it the leash what is it a pony leash a pony harness when someone was <laughs> carrying the pony leash He's like, well, you know, we're going off in the, you know, off terrain. Just hope the horse don't see a snake and get spooked and you'll be all right. <laughs> and, That's Bill. Uh, very unsettling. He's there's the type of teacher that was like, yeah, just, you know, just you live and you learn. Just get on the horse and, you know, hope for the best. And the horse knows what he's doing. Good luck in those jorts. <laughs> And I, I survived. I survived <laughs> today to tell the tale. <laughs> we all survived. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think Stephen, Stephen B. Set, had a little back and forth with Bill because something about somebody's ass or something. It was like Stephen B. was like, well, my ass is, will fit right into that saddle or something. It was, it was such a – the whole thing was like otherworldly and amazing. It was so much fun. So that's when we met. And then you and I just 
we just were off to the races after that. And it was such a, oh my God, I just remember messaging with you about design stuff. And, um, you know, I loved Bozeman, but there weren't a lot of people to talk about that with. So it really was a real comfort to me. And, um, and in general, in, for whatever reason, our friendship, you know, we don't have to go into details, but, you know, we had that fateful drive across the United States, not a couple of years later when you were up for yeah, another, another country knitting and <laughs> which being like some random town in one of the Dakotas. I've never <laughs> been to the Dakotas. And from what I saw from, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I blocked that town out, but <laughs> yeah. I remember I was just in some town that was was (laughs) scared for my life. (laughs) And you're always so good when, you know, you, you just, you finesse all all these things because you're always like dressed so vibrantly in your Walter Van Buren donk, you know, clothes or something. And then one of your beautiful shawls and then you're so tall and handsome and striking and, and people are like, you know, and it, you just like finesse the whole thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to see how you just hold that space and that's what you are. And, and it's wonderful. Um, I just remember we spent that, we spent the night in, um, and we finally got to a nice hotel, like in Minneapolis or something. I remember mm-hmm. that. And it, God, that was, that was so fun, but it could have been a very tragic trip. And you, I remember I, I could have been crying the whole time, but I was laughing so hard. I was crying the whole time <laughs> because I was laughing so hard because you're so unbelievably funny too. Um, and, uh, and then I dropped you off to Chicago and that was, I will never forget that. That was, you were, you totally saved me in so many ways. Uh, you were like just the perfect person at the right time. Um, so that's how we met. And then, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, God, where do we start? And and you know, and then anyway, I like there. I don't even know where to start. It's just such a rich tapestry or shawl of 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 things. So so tell me. So now that we have an idea of like your life for me creatively and um, for you, I I would never have had to known you to know just by looking at what you've done, Instagram and stuff that that you've just, it's frustrating for all of us that we can't move around like we used to and be with people. And, and your work necessitates being with people in, in your workshops. And it's one of the wonderful things about you. Um, and, and you're so personable and you're such a great teacher. Um, but you know, what, um, what is, what have you discovered this last year that you didn't know before creatively or in your work? I think overall it's been yeah, such a crazy year to force us all to be so adaptable. And I consider myself quite fortunate that the majority of the work that I do is the designing and I've always shared it online. That's how I started my business and obsession with knitting was sharing things virtually online. So I had the platform set up already where I could share my work I can't imagine there's so many businesses and shops that rely solely on the physical people coming in or teaching in person. And uh, when that was totally switched off, you had to completely shift 
Um, so I was very grateful for that, that I had so much digitally to continue working on and I could be home and continue working and designing. But last year I just felt an enormous surge of yeah, creativity based on where I was physically. I was at home and I was still going into the shop even when we were closed. I was going into the shop and office here in Amsterdam to help pack yarn and uh, accept orders and make videos and inspire people on new things that we had coming into the shop. So just being here physically in one place was a very different year. It's normally like half of the year I was on the road yeah. and traveling yeah. and going to yarn festivals and teaching at yarn shops like five to six months out of the year. And I loved it, but I was yeah. definitely starting to get a bit tired of all that travel and planning to cut it down a little bit. And last year it was just forced to 100% cut it down and having that someone else or something else make that choice for me. I've, yeah, that I was really, I can't say grateful for that to happen, but personally just where I was at from being on the go 24 seven to just having a sense of home and a routine, that was just something for my own mental health and for physical health that I was really thankful to have forced to happen. Yeah. Um, so, Cause I could, you know, cook more and <laughs> take care of myself more and not be, you know, always in and out of hotels and planes yeah. and it's fun, but it's not so sustainable. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I was really grateful to have some yeah, friends here and uh, yeah, just have that sense of being in a home place. So I created a lot of designs and that really, you know, ignited a flow of new creative design ideas, which I shared online and through knit alongs and all my PDF patterns that I write the knitting instructions for. It was just a natural flow to share those creative ideas. It came from necessity of, you know, I'm in one place and I've got to work on the designs and I do that on my own. So and there's like, there's only one, there's only one way to, to share, you know, one or two ways to share being stuck like that, you know, being confined yeah. like that. Whereas before it's like this person and that person, I just, you know, it, you really, you, you really, I found that um, it was, it became a discipline for me. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's, it was interesting to notice when the moments when I wanted to flee. You know, and I was like, God, I just wish I could get in the car and go back to New York, you know, and, and, uh, and it was interesting to be like, Oh, you were really happy yesterday. What are you working on right now that you don't want to deal with? And, and that's when I'm like, okay. And, you know, I might be, you know, I might be in a sticky part of, of some writing something or, you know, and just like, okay, you can just get through it. Why don't you just hang in? And, and mm-hmm. I will tell you the, the rewards have been, um, the rewards have been unbelievable. I am not a year. I've been here almost a year in Canada and I am not the same person. I'm not the same musician. I'm not the same writer. I'm not the same singer. I'm, I'm like, it, like things just, busted open for me. I think location of yeah, just physically where you are and just also, you know, being in one place and not having the distraction or sometimes that's a great thing where you need that escape or you need uh, to get away to another place to de-stress or to 
being inspired by new places and a new energy that you're in, but having, you know, just being in one place and having that routine, I think really shifts your mindset and shifts your choices and shifts yeah, just everything. It's so dependent on being in that place and that revolves around it and that, that changes you and changes what you create. Yeah. It's a great, it's such a calming feeling. It's like, Oh, it is in there. And then like what I've realized is like, is like, like I had a moment, um, the other day, um, I'm working on my second album and, uh, I have a couple of really tough songs. They're really, really personal. And when I have to write a song, um, you write the song and you have the emotional and, and I'd be curious to know, like we can, I want to talk about your process of creating and I want to like, this is just a back and forth on that. So um, like when I write a song, it's, it's written with a lot of emotion and a lot of, you know, personal emotional output. And that's what gets a song written. And that's what develops it up to a point where you get the form of it basically and then you take it out to your producer, your friend, whoever, your teacher, and you play it for them. And then you get it to a point where it's developed enough, and then you got to go record it or perform it. And if I record it or perform it uh, and sing it with the same emotion that wrote that song, you're going to hate it because you know, <laughs> it's usually something really intense that wrote it. And if I'm like, Oh my God, you broke my heart. It just, you just be like, Oh my God, stay away from me. You know, you're fucking crazy. Um, but I have to like, it took me this one song. It took me forever that I was talking about the other day. It took me forever to finally just divorce myself from the subject matter. Be like, okay, I gotta let it go. And I can't get involved when I sing it because I wasn't able, I haven't been able to fully like surrender to just singing it yet. And, um, and then now it's I'm still like just the emotional piece of it is, is really hard and, and, and getting over that and then just delivering it. And I forget why I was telling you this story, but the other day I really, Oh, that's what I realized. I was working on my, on it with my voice coach, Ron Browning. And I was like, I was, it's, it's even hard for me to like talk about because I can't, it's, it's, it's obviously a problem emotionally, Mm -hmm. but I realized he was giving me shit that I deserved. He's like, why is this so hard for you to just let this go? You really got to look at that. And I'm like, fuck you. And then I went away and I thought about him like, he's right. And then I was like, it occurred to me, it's like, oh my God. The day that that song got put down on paper, it was already in me. I know how to sing that song already. It's, it was in me the day that song was born. It's all in me. There's nothing out mm-hmm. here except people who are going to listen to it and my producer mm-hmm. who might say, well, let's try this or that or the other. But it's all in me, you know, and, and, and that's the, what's been this, I think that the theme of this whole time is like, everything I need is in me. It's, I just, I don't have to go out here that much outside of, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. I think that's a common thing. And there's so many creative fields is 
there's so much, you know, input and you're seeing things that other people are making and constantly comparing yourself to what you see or what other people are doing. And I think that can lead to, you know, wanting to, you know, improve or try something different or, you know, reaching outside of yourself to get to a new level or a new style. And like, whenever I notice myself doing that, or like trying to challenge myself with the design or, yeah. you know, wanting to notice or noticing that I've been kind of doing some similar patterns or some similar types of work that I've been creating. And, okay, yeah. let's do something totally different and really try to, you know, come up with the next new cool thing that always gets so frustrating. Cause I just always feel like I'm not, you know, listening to what it is that I know and what it is that right. is authentic to me and my style. And it's trying to, become something else or right. trying too hard. Right. You're yeah. trying Come to look like something. something. Yeah. yeah. Instead so of being yourself. Yeah. And I don't know why we keep on engaging in that cycle sometimes. Or at I least know. I find myself falling in these patterns of, all right, I'm going to switch on this mode and now it's time to come up with the next cool thing. And then I just get so <laughs> frustrated and I make choices that are like, Ugh, this is <laughs> so boring or it's, just not working. You just don't gel with it. And then when I go back to something I love and I'm comfortable with, and then just, you know, in that zone or take it to the next level and, but start with the place you're listening to and that's you. And, you know, it's hard to explain, but I, I know I, always, yeah, I, I do carbs and knitting and like with motifs and I'll take a yeah. pattern. I just did and just tweak one thing. And then, Oh yes, I love this, but it's, you know, a new evolution of that previous yeah. idea. It's not inventing some brand new genius thing. It's just taking what you know, and then your whole story and your whole experience are going to be in that creation and that next step that you make because it's more you. Right. And, and it's always amazed me. Um, it's always been kind of mind blowing with me how, you know, it, it, it can take a long time for people to understand that about themselves as as artists of any kind um, to make that, that instinct to know how to make something that doesn't look like it's trying to be art, but it, it or mm-hmm. sound like it's trying to be art, but it's just is what it is. And, yeah. you know, and that, that it's astonishing to me how in touch with that instinct you are um, and always have been You're at, I, you're still in the age where I, I'd consider you a young artist. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me. I'll never forget the time you and I, you and I in New York City, where we always see each other, um, yeah. used to use <laughs> um, uh, when we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And I, I don't know what I, I think I wanted to see there was this Max Beckman show and I wanted to show you something else. I don't remember, but we were there together and we were walking through one of the hall, the hall with all the Greek statues. And I said something and I'm like, Oh, we got, I got to take you to this and such area of the museum. Uh, you really, you know, have you, have you seen this and such? I don't remember, but you're like, no, I've never been here. I'm like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Because your designs are, I would never have, you know, I, and, and to me, the Met is like the Mecca of, of Western art. It's one of my favorite museums anywhere. And I'm like, it's a, it's amazing to me 
how much, um, how, what an instinct you have for design. Like, I don't think I've ever seen in anyone. I went to school for painting, you know, and I was around a bunch of brilliant young artists and, uh, but we were all getting schooled, you know what I mean? And to see, like you started out, I love this story. You started out as a dancer. You wanted to do modern dance. You got, you're in Amps. Let me just tell the listeners, you're in Amsterdam right now in Holland where you live Mm -hmm. and you have your yarn shop, uh, Stephen and Penelope, which is the best. Um, It is. It's so good. (laughs) Um, and, uh, if you need yarn, support your local yarn store, even if it's global and they do DHL really good. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of yarn. There's so many great lo- local yarn shops and I'm yeah, so happy to, that we have one here in Amsterdam. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so you, that's how you ended up though in Amsterdam, right? You were, um, you yeah, were in- through dance. Yeah, I grew up singing. My mom was a classical singer. My dad was a classical pianist. In Oklahoma, My stepdad. Right? Yeah, in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And I moved with my mom when I was 16 to the Chicago suburbs and went to like a new school there, which was basically I turned it into a performing arts school because they had dance that you could do instead of PE. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sign me up. And a whole <laughs> music building and theater and stage design all in this huge public school. Yeah. I was in heaven. Yeah. So I always did performance and art and then transitioned into dance. And then when knitting came into play, I, you know, I made a lot of ugly stuff. But I just did a lot of it. <laughs> and you that? just like, you know, learn more techniques. But I channeled into that musical and dance, those instincts. Interesting. That well, and so. Really early on, just, yeah, so natural that. I, so the knitting. I I'm, I'm like, a, I love stories and details. So I remember all this and correct me if I'm wrong, but you ended up in Amsterdam because you got a, um, uh, you got a, a a scholarship to go to the modern dance conservatory there, which is like one of the best. I mean, you, it was like serious dance. It was like one of the best in the world, right? Yeah, it's a really yeah, it's a yeah. Really good like so, it's here. not like you were just <laughs> I like no doing a myself into, but yeah, you were was, just. Doing I knew a, nobody either. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you weren't there to like go to like do a music video or something. You were there like to, you were like, it was like, I mean, not that music video dancers are not serious, but it's just like you weren't there for just, it was like a big deal. Like that was like, that's a serious commitment. That's what I'm trying to say. So you yeah, went. Yeah, we were doing classes and rehearsing and performances right. like from when we woke up to when we went to sleep. We were just nonstop right. moving and dancing and creating choreography. So then how did you, so then I remember you're like, and then I just ended up in cafes knitting, but how, tell me about how that initiated. Like, tell me, give me details about how that, that started. Well, I very much link knitting and dance together because I simultaneously started both in the same year. I learned how to knit and then I started taking dance in high school when I was 16. And so they started in the same year, but as two very different things. Your grandma taught you how to knit, right? No, my grandma, I just love my grandma. <laughs> she's, a, she's a singer and a pianist as well. She's yeah. in her 90s and plays oh the God. piano. Yeah. yeah. She can sight with anything you put in front of her. So yeah, she doesn't knit, but she quilted. So I was always around okay. quilting fabric and color. And okay. that was always normal for me to see these colorful fabrics. And like my grandma had a big stash in her basement. So <laughs> before I started collecting yarn, it was like, you know, need two balls of yarn you need 
a basement full of wood. <laughs> like, that's just what yeah. I do for my grandma. <laughs> that's so good. Her style and colors that she loved. Yeah. But that was just absolutely normal for me to see somebody making quilts or making music and teaching music and making a living, making their life out of that uh, talent. Creating. And not just doing it as a hobby, but using your talents and wow. your passions that are who you are. Yeah. And that is what you're going to do with your life. And that's how you make a living. Yeah. And it was modest living growing up. You know, my parents were both teachers and uh, performers, but uh, it's the only thing that you do is you follow your passions, whatever that is. And I was lucky that my parents nurtured that. And I, when my friends were all applying to colleges and, you know, thinking about their majors and this and that, I was like, oh, that's, I guess that's the next step. And my mom was like, okay, what do you want to do? And we looked at a bunch of colleges and I applied for different ones for theater and music performance and dance. And the first one I went to, I was a dance audition and I loved the school and uh, applied, did my audition, heard back and got a scholarship to go dance at that school. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's this so is good. what I'm doing. These are the signs so I'm getting. And that's how I kind of have lived my whole life is just following these uh you know, things, they're not things that just happen. You, you know, give so much yeah. and practice so much for it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I very much listen to that. And I don't try to force things to happen, but I'm always receptive to what's going on and where is it taking you? So how did you pick up your first set of knit, knitting needles? What a, a friend taught me was while we were doing dance and musical rehearsals in school, uh, my friends were knitting backstage Yes. And I wanted to do something too. So <laughs> I was just bored, you know, waiting for your turn to go on stage mm-hmm. during tech rehearsals, which are endless. So they taught me and I was immediately hooked because it was just simple and fun to do yeah. and you could take yeah. it with you anywhere. So we would do it in class or in between classes at lunch. Yeah. And just ever since I learned to knit, I've never remember not having a knitting project. Oh my God. They just never stopped. That's amazing. And then, and then, so then that just, so did you finish school there or did you, did you? I did the dance program at the University of Illinois. I did that for two years and then I took a, uh, no, I thought I might. (laughs) I took a a gap year, one would say. (laughs) Um, I stopped to to travel more to, that was the year I started teaching knitting workshops in the United Uh, States. Okay. Yeah. I took a break from school and wanted to teach and travel more. And I was performing with a couple small little dance groups and companies there and just wanted to perform and teach and travel. And that's when I heard about this program in Amsterdam. So it was during that little gap year I took. Okay. I don't know. I always recommend because people say, you know, you know, follow through with your goals, go through school. Yeah. But for me, it was that space of, you know, giving myself this complete year of freedom to really dive into my talents and try to survive. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hustle and get a few little side jobs while you're doing the things you love. But uh, I heard about the school in Amsterdam and it was that gap year where I started my knitting business and auditioned for the school. And then that took me to Amsterdam where kind of everything that's happening now and is becoming a sustainable right. job kind of was a result from taking that space off for a year. 
really devoting it to. Right. And so, so tell me, like, I mean, this is the thing, you know, when I, when I tell people that, um, about you when they, they look at a pattern of something I've made from your patterns and they're like, God, that's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, well, my friend, Steven designs these and da, 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 you know, I choose the colors, but this, this is his, you know, this is, and, uh, this is his pattern. And I'm like, yeah, he's a world famous knitter. And you can just see, especially from the guys, they just go cross-eyed. They're like, I'm like, yeah, I'm dead serious. He is world famous. Like I've seen your shawls walking through airports, you know, <laughs> like, like just randomly. I don't know how this all happened, but I've just been nonstop knitting for 10 years. So if it didn't become something, <laughs> God, that's a lot of hours to put something. But yeah, I've I mean, just, I've physically knit so much and put so yeah. much work out there. It's so exciting. I don't see it all the time, but occasionally it's happened a few times where I see something at an airport or meet a knitter in an airport. And it's just too cool. How it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. it, you know, and that's the thing for people who are not knitters, you have to realize like this, first of all, I don't see you. It's like, this is one of the few times I'm looking at you that you don't have knitting needles in your hand. Like I'd say 99, 98.5% of the time, unless you're sleeping, I see you with knitting needles in your hand. And on a project. yeah, and you're like a brilliant, you like do continentals, you know, and you just like, like, it's like, I don't even know how you, you're not even looking, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I can tell when you're counting, because you get really serious. And I keep talking, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's, I think only once have I been in the middle of saying something, you're like, hang on. I think once I'm like, wow. Like when I'm counting, I have to like, it has to become like Fort Knox around me because... <laughs> <laughs> the blinds draw shut in the window and the sound system starts around you. Yeah. Like right. I mean it has to be like that. But but you're like, hang on, for like one minute and then you're like, yeah, so and you do <laughs> it's amazing. Um I mean your your ability to knit, I mean mine is you know, whatever, but yours, it's, 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 it's like kind of unbelievable. I don't think I've met many knitters like you, um, who have that. You're just like always doing it. And, um, um, in that way, it's, it's almost like an extension of your hands. And what's the other thing that's amazing that I have to point out to people who don't knit like, okay, so you have the yarn store, you sell skeins of yarn, and the the most I'm um, the most expensive one. I mean, to me, this is amazing. The most expensive skein of yarn today could be forty to forty five dollars, right? You know yeah. that it's gotten that expensive. The least expensive could be ten dollars, you know, or less even, you know, depending on what you're getting. So, so you have the yarn store and you sell these skeins of yarn. But the most remarkable thing is there, you know, there is this huge knitting community that has truly evolved even just since in the last four years that I've been knitting. Um, and really expanded, but and there's the website Ravelry that has all the patterns and all the everything, and some are free, but then some of most of them are for sale for five euro or six euro, five dollars, six dollars, ten dollars. Yeah. You can buy an ebook. I just bought your Honeycombs ebook for thirty dollars. Oh, of course, oh my god, I can't wait. I love the scarf. That's my favorite Ooh, one. Obsession. It's <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I like the fade ones. Um, but, uh, you know, you can do that, but it's like most of them are about on average $6. You are making a living selling patterns. That's how ubiquitous your patterns are. That is how, I mean, it's, it's like, like being at, at Vogue Knitting, which is the big, huge knitting conference in New York City. I remember being there with you <laughs> or even in Rhinebeck at the, at the yarn thing there where it was like, I used to have a dog named Spike. And when he was a puppy around six months old or eight months old, he was actually, he was quite cute. And, and it, 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 as puppies are, but he was, there was something about him and I'd be walking down the street and he just like, was like a magnet. And there were so many people. He, he loved the attention up until the 20th person showed up and all, everybody'd be <laughs> like, Oh my God. And, and then he'd start getting this confused. Like, like, I, he'd look at me like, get me out of here. You know, <laughs> and, but it's a little like that with you when you go to like Vogue Knitting. I've been there with you or like at Rhinebeck and all, <laughs> all these people all the just... in one room. Everyone <laughs> loves the same thing. And then all these little yarns, of, of, they're like candy and just, oh, it's so exciting. Everyone's passion is so, yeah, exaggerated for yarn. And then when you're all in the same place wearing your beautiful hand knits, it's just <laughs> energy. And, and people it, who don't knit are like, what? What? People are just excited <laughs> about knitting. It is thrilling to like see an inspiring sweater walk by and you might recognize the yarn or the pattern. And oh, there's just totally you know, well. And people, there's something, you know, it's really amazing, Stephen, to see, you know, you're, you're so good in those workshops. You know, you're with a lot, I mean, you're with a lot of older women. Most of them are women. And, and sometimes there's like a, a stray man or two somewhere in there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're, you know, these are, these are people who just have had really, a lot of them just normal lives. And they come to these workshops, they love what you do from that. If you just looked at them, you'd never imagine that they'd go to your workshop to learn your beautiful patterns. And then, you, you know, there, and you just, it's, it's been fascinating going to your workshops and seeing all these people really come to life. Like you find out you're so good with them and you sort of draw them out and you always push their envelope. Like they'll be like, they'll be like, should I knit with these two yarns for two color pattern? They're like brown and browner, you know? And you're like, well, actually you, you need contrast. And so you'll, you'll try and go on. I've got like my particular style. There's things I really like, like I love contrast and I love high contrast stuff because like you're doing all this work and so you, you need to see what you get. Like don't do yeah. all those hidden intricate things you don't notice. So yeah, there's things I like to push people out to, you know, and put some color pops in your knits and yeah. just the things that personally I find really fun. I don't want to force people to, you know, do something that's not them, but I want to force them to do something that's not them, you know? <laughs> Totally. Well, push, push their limits. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, and try. And it doesn't mean they have to switch all their choices and their colors that they like. But I want people to embrace that sense of play and experimentation because that's what I've found in my work in life that's been so rewarding and that has linked to 
making relationships with people and guiding me through all these positive, impactful things in my life. And I just want to, you know, get people to branch a little bit outside their comfort zones to experience, you know, a little bit more of a spicy flavor or something they didn't know was possible. Because it's not just about that one moment. It's about, yeah, every design is a stepping stone to the next one. And every new thing you try in your creative practice, you you don't have to do it the next time, but that could be a stepping stone to maybe just reinforce what you like is what you like. (laughs) But it could lead to unlocking some other obsession or exploration. And that's just been a constant theme in all the things I make is just, you know, finding this one trigger that ignites a fascination and that leads into the next phase. And maybe it comes back down to something simple, but (laughs) you don't know until maybe someone gives you the permission to, try something different or the permission to not follow the rules so strictly and the permission to make it your own. And yeah. I give certain tools for what that means to me, but then I want people to experiment with that and then find further specific things and styles and color choices that make yes. them the most happy and feel the most themselves. And yes. Yes. Let that expand and not be a, strict repeatable stuck in a box kind of thing right right because it's already like you know knit five thousand stitches to get the body of your sweater <laughs> you know it's like oh my god the yeah. same stitches <laughs> but you know and 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 i i mean for a field that um you know has in many ways and we've discussed this can be very esoteric and very much like this is and you know we use only brown yarn and we talk like this and our energy is like this and we, you know we have, and that's great i mean there's nothing and there's one way to do this and yeah but it's you've really you really kind of punched a hole in that field in the in that paradigm and you you just you're still like like my, your patterns really are my favorite patterns, not because I love you, but, but because before we ever met, they're the easiest. When I couldn't read a pattern hardly, when I had just started, your patterns were the easiest to read. I didn't have to oh. keep going back and be like, well, what's he talking about there? What does that mean? You, you, you're just, it was, there was no, there was no fussy stuff. It was just like, do this, knit this. This is how you knit it. And, you know, and, and a couple of times there were questions, a couple of times it's, this is hard stuff to convey anyway. You know, I, I'm working on a yeah. sweater of yours right now and, and I'm doing the sleeve and it, it was like doing the sleeve and doing the decreases in the sleeve. And it's like, okay, knit eight more rows like that six more times. I'm like, what <laughs> you know that because my mind just doesn't work like that so it took me a few times I'm like oh I know what he means now you know but um but it's you know it can get really hard to read these patterns uh even if you're an experienced knitter you know um and uh you are always really clear and really accessible and you you always want the knitter to have that experience of just joyous creation you know just like here's the pattern but you're always like you're always like you know because I'm always I'm I'm always like I just did all this wrong you're like just go with it just go with it I'm like but I want the sweater (laughs) you know have an extra stitch then just add another one it's just a stitch like just as long as it looks like a sleeve then great (laughs) I try to I try to keep it pretty straightforward and about the more overall impact or visual or colors 
I don't care too much about the exact technicality of the stitch numbers. Sometimes it does matter, but when you're off a couple, then don't rip out the whole row. Like just, you know, sneak it in, you know, get back on track and try to convey that even in some of the patterns that are a little more technical, but yeah, I want people to have a successful, enjoyable experience of knitting because that's how I feel when I make it. So I think that my favorite patterns are the ones where I felt the most sense of wonder. And then when I see people make those patterns and make it their way, that's where I get the most inspired is when people change the colors so much and make it so different and so unique to their style, but it's still the same pattern. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. And that's what kind of triggers me to, ooh, take it to the next level and make the next recipe to make that next spark of inspiration for people. Yeah. I love it when they take it to a new level or you you do that with all the marled sweaters. (laughs) I'm obsessed. And it melts and you look at that sweater and go, oh, that's the same sweater as this pattern. That's not (laughs) what he did, but it's still using the same ingredients but then you're able to translate it and make it a more expressive personal experience for yourself. And then like, like the pattern and, and for those listeners who aren't even knitters, Oh my God, go look it up on that Ravelry page. You're, you're infamous. This probably made you famous was your penguono. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about projects that I love and experience uh, a sense of wonder. There's this one called penguono. It's a penguin kimono mashup vibe, this little jacket, the penguono. Everyone who makes it, it's completely different. And people yeah. add texture and make it longer and add new colors and pockets or whatever. It's this customizable jacket. And that's like... Ugh. Okay, so tell me, if you can, tell me what, <laughs> when you design the penguono, because I've seen you... I've seen you, like you made me that sweater once. You just dove into my stash and you're like, I'm going to make this for you. And it was a to- it was fascinating to watch you just watch this thing emerge from your fingertips. And it's truly one of the most beautiful things I own. <laughs> you know, it's just an incredible piece. And, and tell me how the Penguono came to be, because that is, that is iconic as a design piece, period. For many well, it's a yeah, it's a simple boxy jacket, but it has some specific design details that make it you know unique and just a cool little style look. I remember making it. It was maybe like seven or eight years ago now. I made it, and I remember just thinking of this like big boxy T-shirt silhouette when I got into it. But when I very first started making the penguono, I just cast on some seed stitch and I cast on twice my age at the time. I think I cast on like 52 <laughs> stitches. I'm like, oh, I cast great. on twice my eight, some seed stitch, and I knit a rectangle, and then I got tired and went to bed. I woke up the next morning and looked at my rectangle and like, okay, this could be a blanket. It could I could pick up and make a scarf. Uh, let me just pick up and make these welts. And then I added these really textural, like the 3D, you know, elements that pooch out of the fabric. Yeah. Just a cool little 3D texture. Yeah. Like, oh, that was cool. Let's do that again. And I did it again. And I did it to the other side. I'm like, oh, this is a back of a sweater. <laughs> so I didn't even know I was like, making a sweater at first. But once I added those textures, I just kept picking up. And then I had this boxy t-shirt idea of just, okay, big boxy silhouette. Just make some fabric. Make the fabric go around my body. Oh, I'm pretty big. I got to knit more fabric. 
And I just evolved into this jacket yeah. concept. And I didn't write the pattern down. So I had to make another one. <laughs> That's so good. But it just like kind of flowed off the needles. And I used a lot of techniques that I've done in previous shawls. Yeah. This like modular construction where you're, so it's that idea of you're creating something, but you're not starting from scratch. Right. You're using the tools you know. If you know yeah. how to play the guitar, yeah. you know some chords, you use those same chords, but you're just feeling this different mood and you're putting Three them in Three chords and the truth. That's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's what the penguono is. It's three chords and a whole, whole lot of truth. And yarn. <laughs> and a lot of yarn. Yeah, it's a lot of yarn for that piece. That's why it's so fun because you can use your stash for that project and use up all these leftover bits you've collected yeah. and knit those memories into this unique jacket. And yeah. it's very freeing to yeah, use what you have and all these yeah. random elements that are lying around these random ideas or yarns you've collected, you throw them all together and yeah, you just make it work. Yeah. You make them go together. And, and do you work? Then you got to buy more yarn. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's right. No, I know. I love I, the sweater I'm knitting from you is called the ombre yarn eater. And I love how it's, it's eating up yarn. Like I'm using skeins I've been yeah. saving for so long. I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm just blowing through. I'm like, yeah, I'm using up all this yarn. It's so exciting. Um, yeah. But tell me, I want if you have any idea, like I just so the the listener understands the Stephen West thing. Like, do you know how many people, like on Ravelry, how many people have knitted the Penguono? H- how many? Mm, do you know that one? That's probably my mo- one of my most knit sweaters. It's got to be I don't know several hundred, oh, maybe even. I would think more. I mean, people maybe. There's always yeah. people that don't post their projects and right. some people that make more. There's 1,600 projects of that one posted, but oh I know people God. that have made five of them. Yeah. And I've seen, sometimes when I travel in person to events, I'll meet someone. Like this happened to me one time and, well, in Montana was one of them. And then in California, this other time I met this lady, she showed up with a suitcase and I never met her in my life. I'm like, these gorgeous variations of my designs. And wow. she's like, no, I don't post on Ravelry. I don't post on Instagram. I just get your patterns and make them and share them with my friends. Yeah. And they were exquisite works of art. Like I saw them and I was like, wow, what have I done in my life? Okay. <laughs> kind of oh my God. So, like she'd put just weird colors like where it's super harmonious, but then it's that thing we both like where it's beautiful and stylish and harmonious. And then there's like a coral or like yeah. a purple that doesn't belong at all. Right. So chic. That flashy <laughs> and she had like a suitcase full of these shawls and yeah, didn't post them anywhere. But so sometimes that- I'll meet people like that in person and like, where have you been? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Just as much as I do sometimes. Exactly. And that's what you do. It's that that's when I first saw your designs, I literally and I, Stephen, I've spent up until that moment, I, I spent years looking at art and roaming the world to look at art and design and talk to hundreds and hundreds of artists made art myself, looked at, I mean, many, many visits to the Met, you know, all that. And then I saw your designs. I'm like, how does he 
do this. I used, I had, I never do this because I, I get it. You know, I was like, I had to sit and study your patterns. Like, how's he putting all these colors together? Like, because it, that's exactly what you do. Like what you were saying, that woman, like you'll have these beautiful, you know, sophisticated, like rhythms and patterns and then clonk, you know, you just, you throw in like that, what, you know, and that's what, that's you. That's all you. And it, it, it gives, and, and it's still beautiful and sophisticated and unique and chic and fast. I mean, I, I can't tell you, you when I to, go on. Yeah. You just have like, those are my favorite types of palettes. The like clashy ones where it doesn't belong and it shouldn't go together. And some people will still see it and go, that does not go together. <laughs> I That's what I love. That like contradiction of color of that shouldn't work, but I'm seeing it. And you're wearing it. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. And you just have to dare to do it. And yeah. then when you see it, great. It might not be perfect, but cool. If you what have is? fun making it, if it makes you happy. I, just, I really like that kind of randomness and colors, but you have to just dare to do it. And then when you see it, that's a thing. And you love it right. or hate it. It's, you just work it into your life, wear it around. If you don't love it, then give it to a friend and tell them you made it just for them. Exactly. And, and, but you know, it's, it, you do dare to do it, but I think that what you do, like, I think that your ability to look at design takes, and we've even had this discussion. I think it's one of the first conversations we had actually, because to make what you make, even if you don't realize it, it takes a lot of discipline because it's, it's really exciting like all those bright colors, you're a color person. I'm a color person. So I understand that impulse. Like it, and it runs deep. It's like deep, deep, deep. It's like, ugh. you know, you have to fulfill it. And, um, and like everything and in everywhere that you can. And, and it can, it can drive you and you can end up walking out of the house wearing, you know, looking like, you know, wackadoodle because you're like, <laughs> there's no restraint. If you don't have, like even in the shawl you're wearing at this moment, you know, it's because it, there are all these different colors and there's that beautiful like strawberry color that is just so wrong. It's right with the neutral and then the, the, the fluorescent yellow and the fluorescent green, but you've got it all grounded with like a black edge and a gray in between. And, and it is in all these patterns and you know, yarn over holes and everything. And I mean, and then there's some hot pink in there. I'm seeing, I mean, that, you know, that takes a lot of discipline to say, okay, I have to stop now and I need to put in yeah, some. There's a lot of editing too. Like it can easily take off and become really crazy, but I really like a controlled crazy where there's like a, I really like like an architectural framework that can help hold some crazy colors. Interesting. And even if these crazy colors come and clash together, sometimes it's still, even for me, too much. And it needs these <laughs> neutral barriers in order yeah. for those colors yeah. to speak and say what they are saying. Because sometimes if it's all together or it's not framed in a clear way, it just becomes noise. But I really like the noise, but, you know, a little bit yeah. subdued, held by a frame that yeah. lets it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that is, you know, that you'd never been to the Met 
a few years ago. I mean, what you're taught, like, I remember the time you said, I want to go to art school. And I was like, Stephen, sweetheart, you could teach at art school. <laughs> like, like, like what you just described is like, it's a really sophisticated concept. And I just, I keep pointing this up because you're like a phenomenon to me. You're, you're really an inspiration in that way. It's like, wow, you know, that's somebody, some people are just born with this ability, you know, certain abilities and, um, and you just figure that out really early on. It, it It's amazing to see. And, this is where I want to talk about your uh, the relationship between um, your design and fashion and your love for. <laughs> You're like, hmm. Interesting topic now to talk about fashion when most of us these days are just sitting at home and, yeah. you know, you don't have to wear anything different. But I still am making these really fun, expressive garments with the feeling of they would be great for going out and going out to dinner yeah. someplace or just walking around the streets in a fun new jacket or colorful, like no one needs to be wearing that. You just need a jacket to stay warm. But I know. Like but I you wear for that. Yeah. For that expressive fashion right. element too. And I that's love the process of it, but I wouldn't just do it to just sit at home and have these things just for the process of it. I have that, this emotional attachment and this kind of fantasy of, how am I going to wear this thing? Or yeah. oh, I, need, I need this color palette scarf with this kind of shape so I can wear it with my coat and feel this kind of way. Right. <laughs> so it's not for the functional aspect so much. It's for the expressive and emotional aspect. Right. Which is art. You know, this is why it's not, it's, it, it's, it heals you and, and it, it does heal others. It, it makes you feel connected and in tune. And, yeah. and that, that's why I, you know, cavemen made cave paintings, you know, it's, it's as an expression and a story and people need to, I mean, I've noticed with you, like, as far as, as for someone who loves to, con, like, I, uh, I'm a Taurus, it's my astrological sign. And I always joke about that. I like intentional excess. <laughs> so Ooh, I like, nice. I like, to, you're the kind of the same way. Like we both love large amounts of abundance of beauty and gorgeous things. And so my, my obsession with clothing has, can get a little out of control or yarn. And um, it's always, I love watching how you pick and choose what you buy, what clothes you buy to wear, because you'll buy, or like you work with Scooter and he'll design, uh, Scooter LaForge, and he'll design, like he'll paint something, like you'll go buy an incredible something by someone like, I can't remember when you just, you bought and you bought this incredible t-shirt and then you took it to Scooter and he painted on it. He like finished the whole, the, the whole design for you. And like, you'll, I noticed like you'll wait, you'll buy, like, I wish I had that kind of, that kind of restraint. You'll buy like three extraordinary pieces in a season, like by Walter Van Buren Donk and who else do you like? You'll buy like an incredible pair of shoes and you'll buy something else and then you'll wear the shit out of them, like over and yeah, over and I don't over. Like being too precious with things, right? Like if I get I something, I want to like live in it, and like I'd rather get one or two really special pieces a year than like you know twenty of something that are just they're just going to wear out or not be so special or they're not going to last long. And then I like to use those precious that like they might be precious, beautiful things. I like to live in it or have a coat that I just wear right. with rubber sweatpants or 
put a clashy shawl on top of it and right. just might go in to meet friends coat or whatever, but just right. to live in it and let that be part of the creative process too, right. to inspire oh, colors that so I'm good. in yeah, with. So good. It's not this separate functional thing that's apart from yourself for like, oh, I'm just going to go buy this ski coat because I need a ski coat because it's winter and people are wearing ski coats at this place. It's like, no, get this like fabulous wool parka poncho or something. <laughs> it with a wool shawl. That'll make it warmer, but and then like, interact with it more. And it's not just this layer that you put on yourself because it's this thing that you need to have. It's and, and you'll design you'll you'll design for a few months around those pieces, I've noticed. Like you'll Yeah, I get influenced a lot by uh, things physically around me. So if it's like a new pair of pants or sweater just that kind of color sensitivity yeah. stick in my mind and those types of color palettes I yes. have on me will in, yeah, influence the next scarf color palette or yeah things like that. yeah because knitting goes through its seasons too like one season it's lavender yeah. and one season it's bright green and one season it's this yarn and one season it's you know whatever um yeah, yeah i mean so it's a holistic the the well, it's just a holistic thing for you. It's a it's a whole whole lot world experience for you. Everything revolves around yarn. <laughs> the <laughs> I get, how much yarn can I put in that? The coats I get, it's like okay, what, how, what shawls are going to work with that coat? I don't have a shawl that matches that coat. I'm going to need to knit five shawls to go with that coat. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, what's amazing is uh, the way. Like you can see the dance influence in, in your, in your images. You don't just take, like most people take their patterns that they finished the, the knitter and they'll like just put it on themselves and then take a picture with their phone or lay it out or on a mannequin. No, 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 not for you. You're mm. like, it's a whole. And for when you go look at the Ravelry page, listener, you'll see it's just this whole involved beautiful i mean those images are works of art in themselves like the makeup and and interact the, with the piece oh, so so beautiful i mean you you consistently outdo yourself <laughs> like just when you're like wow that's amazing and then you know you expect the next thing you're like shit that's so that's unbelievable <laughs> like it's it, the movement with the knits and it's just fun to interact with them after spending so much time making something I like to give the same care and attention to how I present it and how I yeah uh, produce images and how I share them because I don't know I just think that's a weird disconnect to spending 60 hours on a scarf or spending over 100 hours on a garment yeah and then what you snap 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 and post it just like the same old yeah. same old like, no, yeah like how could this be yeah and and you Different. Did you just come up with that on your own or was that somebody you were like, something you saw, you're like, well, why? The spark of it was, well, like this last year, it's been getting a little more stoic, a little more simple, just with my yeah. mood this winter, but felt a little more quiet. So I haven't done as many crazy, you know, extravagant, fun, flowy, dancey sheets yeah. and things. But yeah. You no, know, it is what it is. Keeping it a little more simple this winter, but I'm sensing this blossoming that's going to happen again <laughs> with. I want to do a whole series of photos that's like knits in motion, like <laughs> mohair movement or something with these flowy. But it also a lot of it started working with a friend of mine, Alexandra Feo. 
Mm-hmm. We started collaborating in 2013 on some photos. Yeah. And that was after, you know, transitioning from doing all my own photos and doing what you can yeah. with, you know, a little, you know, point and shoot camera and yeah. a little stand and timer. So this <laughs> is the first time I started collaborating with another artist who had her own specific aesthetic and point of view yeah. and had, you know, a studio and equipment to play with. So when we worked together, this was a sweet spot where I started going from this limited color range that I really loved. But when I started exploring color pops, bright yellow and coral, that just felt so outrageous at the time for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this this isn't like an orange rusty pop. This is a bright fluorescent pop. It was just so exciting to welcome that into my vocabulary. And in collaborating with this other artist, we were just more specific about the images and just taking more time and attention and detail to capturing something that was, you know, uh, yeah, more expressive and represented our working relationship and our own two styles together. And we got just these really fun, cool shots that at the time were, some of them were like, yeah, just really different from what was happening. Yeah. And I've never had such a reaction in 2013 when I started sharing some of these different images in the knitting world. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people love them. They're really cool and different. Oh, yeah. you're dancing. Oh, you're wearing makeup. Right. And is that relating to the piece? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And some people just really hated it and were like, this <laughs> is just too much. Or I don't see the knitting. I don't see what shape it is. It's just, I, you don't need all that makeup. This is just too obnoxious or whatever. So I was like, oh, this is, I was just playing and having a good time. That's it. Need yeah. everyone to love it. But I was surprised how many people felt the need to express their dislike. I know. I know. I mean, there's so I much. I need to have all my clothes on, but <laughs> they weren't mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been more provocative. It's just a shawl. <laughs> well, the shawl will cover up a lot of your body. You know I mean? <laughs> a, very big. <laughs> a shlanket for sure. <laughs> That was a big turning point into kind of welcoming in this playfulness of the presentation of it's not just yes. you know, a new thing, but it's something more that you can get inspired right. by or interact with. You're like the high fashion of knitting. I mean, you really, you're like, it, it's like a, it's like a whole fashion spread. They're incredible. They're, I mean, they're, the, the, the layout and everything alone and the styling is is itself mastery you know it's just it's really and there's so much i mean that's the thing about you always is how much joy there is in your work and um it, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed on with me uh-huh. like just so, this thing of and and then all the things you did with uh on instagram like there the, uh, just you know I have to mention just for the listener, if you really want to go deep with Steven, go on YouTube and look at his videos that he does, the music videos that you do with your knitting. And <laughs> there's like, if you want a good laugh, that is, is a great place to go. I mean, be some of the funniest shit I've, I think I've ever seen. And then, and then your thing with your, I guess it was your MCAL, the mystery knit along and your uh, your phone calls. I showed those phone calls with um, I forget who the character was, but I'll never forget Jim Jam. Your your yeah. the doll. <laughs> like sort of like talking to myself because I was knitting so much at home, and 
whenever it's mystery knit along season, that's where I do this shawl and people get a section of the pattern each week. So they sign up and they have no idea what they're knitting. So they right. sign up, they know they're going to knit a shawl and then they discover the sections all together. And it was just like, it's my, it was my 11th year doing it. And I just get a different energy that time of year. Cause I never want to disappoint anyone. And I want to do the best shawl yeah. that I've ever done before. Yeah. And spend over a month just designing and knitting and writing and documenting and editing this one pattern Right. Like normally I could do in like a week doing a pattern, but this one I do like several months of work just for this one pattern. <laughs> it's like, the, yeah, just the big event of the year for me. So I just get really excited and how to share it in different ways, how to include people in different ways and encourage them to learn a new thing. And I just started like talking to myself while I was knitting at home. And then these like characters started to appear. <laughs> Unreal. Carl and Jim Jam, these <laughs> who ask questions and just they're kind of inspired by people I've met, but then also a lot of me and just these exaggerated <laughs> personas and they ask a lot of questions and yeah. So it's, it's so, oh, Stephen, it's just like, it, it's that I tell you, you know, those days of like lockdown and isolation, all that. And I would see those and I just, it was like, oh, it was such a nice so funny like like you're you're so fun you're so funny you are so funny and especially pull out the little theater nerd in me oh no (laughs) i'm a huge christopher guest fan like waiting for guffman and best in show yeah two of my favorite movies ever i always wanted them to do like a version of those mockumentaries at like a knitting festival or something. <laughs> right, right. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh my gosh, can you imagine her at a knitting <laughs> festival? <laughs> selling some yak at a booth. Oh, <laughs> selling some yak. <laughs> I had only her. I would class on steaking. <laughs> There's only one person to sell yak at a knitting festival, and that's Parker Posey, for sure. <laughs> i i um and we were gonna make our uh movie of uh you were gonna be like the evil knitter remember like i can't remember what our idea was uh i forget what the there was a plot and we just kept adding to it and adding to it now i can't remember darn it we'll never make that movie the world will be (laughs) you know i know (laughs) <laughs> um well i'm gonna look here so i just want to make sure i give you all the plugs i can so you also started and then i know we've been going on a while you're probably getting tired um but i want to make sure we talk about your your beautiful books which are just as a brief mention a more of an extension of your styling and all your books of your patterns that you've done but also your release of the west wool which is yeah. a spectacular yarn. It's been a, yeah, a started designing and then doing these book publications that are more of a, just a passion project to have something physical to show yeah. all my color ideas and have something to present to people in person. So it evolved into these books that will show there'll be more of in the future. It's been a couple of years since I did my last book. So I'm working on my next idea. I'm really excited about 
And then it evolved into a yarn line we started a couple years ago at Stephen and Penelope yeah. called West Wool. So we did a fingering weight and a DK weight and all of these really solid um, non-superwash wools, which I was really excited about because two years ago when it came out, I was just addicted to everything was splashy, splashy, clashy, clashy, right. painfully abstract yeah. fabrics. And I love that, but I just really wanted something to ground everything. And yes. that's been an influence in the last couple of years of designs are all of these solid main yes. colors. Yes. And that's evolved this year into these, what I call painting patterns, where you have this solid main color to ground all the splashiness. Yeah. And then it really like makes you get away with these wild color combinations because they're broken up by the solid main color. So it's just a kind of a strength of the West wool. These just really clear, solid right. woolly colors that give a lot of clarity to the fabric. And I think to me, when I saw that, I was like, God, that is such a genius move for you to do because most people would expect you to come out with speckled or bright or all bright or all something. And there's so much speckled, beautiful yarn, super wash yarn and super wash, by the way, for those who don't know, is a smoother, you know, uh, you could probably describe it better than me, Stephen, but like a sleeker uh, strand of yarn. Not super washy. They're usually a little more shiny and drapey type of fiber. So the non-super wash solid, yeah, was real different and just a little more classic. And I wanted something that I could just use over and over again with different splashy yarns. And I might do something hand-dyed and splashy in the future. But at that moment, I just wanted something that's more classic and could use it over and over again and not get tired of it so that I could mix it with the hand-dyeds and support all these amazing... Yeah. small indie dyers that we support with the shop. And yeah. I didn't want to, you know, blaze right. over all of them and replace them with anything that's kind of the same vibe but different. Is, that's right. I really like the individual quality that each dyer has. Yeah. I didn't, I thought, I know, I might do something hand-dyed in the future, but I'm really excited about the West Wool because it really supports all of these right. smaller and, hand-dyed right. companies really well. And you gave, you gave knitters something we didn't know we needed, which was a good, I mean, those colors, like right now I'm knitting with cornflower in that sweater. And I'm like, I'm about to run out of my one skein and I'm like, fuck, (laughs) I want to, I want to finish the sweater. I'm like, if I could have it tomorrow, I'd, I'd just keep on this. But it, it, your colors are like, as from one colorist to another, your colors in that are, they just, you know, it's like dark blue, light blue, purplish, da, 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 orange and yellow. And, but it's like, it's not just a yellow and it's not just no. a blue. And it's not just, it's like, no, it's real. Like you totally got the complexity of the subtlety and, and it, and it shows. Are you there? You're yeah. There. yeah okay, here. good. Yeah. We want to do simple, clear, solid colors, but most of them are like, okay, that's a light blue, but it's a little, got a little like light kind of periwinkle tint to it or, yeah. okay, that's an olive green, but it's got this yellow glow to it. Like they're kind of all the color, but a little tweaked one direction or the yes. other. Yeah. So yeah. Little yeah. And, and it show it, they, when you start using them, they're very deceptive. When you look at them, you're like, oh, and then when you start using them, you're like, oh my God, you know, it yeah. really, the way it, I mean, you really accomplished something there that I have never seen in any, you know, people just make yarn and colors cause they love them and they, they make beautiful things. But like, there's a real, 
they're really dialed into uh, the recipe of color. I mean, that's the best way I know how to explain that. It, they're really just, I've never used, you know, basic yarn colors like that. I've never had that experience. It's like, Jesus, this thing is glowing. You know? <laughs> like, it's really, really special stuff and totally worth, um, for those of you that look online at, at his store and you see it and you're like, oh, well, that's just orange yarn. I have orange yarn. No, it's not just orange yarn. I'm here to tell you. And then the next day in another light, <laughs> it's like hot orange. <laughs> right. Like, that's one of my favorites. It's called Beatrix, this bright orange. <laughs> And it like really shifts depending on what you put it with and then what light it's in. Like sometimes I look at it and it's like, whoa, crazy bright. And then other times it's like, oh, that's so soft and Right, right. I mean, it's really, it, it's not what you think. And I highly encourage everyone to buy one of each. <laughs> um, now I would. Insulation, we've discovered. What? Yarn works for insulation, we've discovered. <laughs> for recording studios. Yarn yeah. for recording studios. That'll be my, my new thing. Sponsored by Westnitz. Um, <laughs> and, um, and just tell me, are, is, can you only get Westwool at your store in Amsterdam right now? Or is, are there yeah, other at the moment, At the moment, it's just available at stephenandpenelope.com. Okay. So we're hoping on expanding a bit in the future, but we're just still taking it one step at a time just yeah. with the whole scope of everything in the world it's and so shipping and the reliability of yeah, shipping and customs. And our yarn is made in the UK. So that's another oh, thing we're feeling out with all the shifts happening now. I'm it's sorry. spun and dyed in the UK. So sometimes oh, the shipping God. can be a little, take a little longer. Or, yeah. So we're just trying to work on the supply and demand with ourselves first well, and then see right. how it goes in the future. Well, thank God for DHL, right? I mean, yeah. At least there's that. I think I'm even waiting on a package from you guys, and they're they're lagging right now. But it doesn't. Whatever. Um, um, Stephen, I have. I feel like I've exhausted you. We've been talking for like an hour and a half, I think, more or less. And um, people are still sticking around. They're listening. <laughs> if you don't know how to knit, I hope you learn how to knit tonight. You could learn how to knit while listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go knit myself. I need to catch up with my daily stitch quota. I, I get it. I get it. I, I, Steven, thank you so much. I, I can't wait to see you again in person. I, I miss you terribly. And um, wait to come uh, visit and knit together. I know I've been meaning to come to Amsterdam forever. I'm lame because I not keep not to. going. Well, I know. Well, right now, but in the past, I've I've been allowed to, and I made other choices. So it's just whatever. It's life. But we always saw each other in New York anyway. So because you were always yeah. passing through, and we'd go have lunch at Dover Street Market, and knit, and then walk around the store and look make at friends. stuff and make <laughs> friends, <laughs> make friends, and and spend our money uselessly. <laughs> <laughs> they may not be our friends, but they are our friends. They are our that. friends. Just one-sided. I think most people, yeah. The, the, the DSM kids are, you know, people are, they're not, they're not normal salespeople. They're like, I mean, those people, they used to come to my shows in New York 
You know, my yeah, first shows, they just go as a crowd. They were, they're amazing. They're really, they are my friends. And actually Anthony, you know, he photographed my album and I met him at DSM. He's a brilliant photographer. Yeah. So it's, it's everybody's so creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you, Stephen. And thank you so much for your time. And, um, uh, you know, I, uh, we'll see each other soon. Yeah, and everybody so- should go look at see what, so Stephen, give me your social media plugs. Uh, Everything uh, is what West knits. Okay. So at West knits on Instagram and on ravelry.com and Stephen and Penelope.com is where there's all the yarn in the world. <laughs> in the whole all world. The in the world. We have a lot of yarn. Yeah. And, um, and uh, everything's very easy to get to, accessible. And um, the Instagram uh, will just entertain the socks off of you. Yeah, uh, there's more coming. More coming next week. Hold on to your stitches. <laughs> Done yet. Uh, okay. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much. And, um, and yeah, we're, um, well, more, more, more in the, in the future more in the near future. Thanks, Lara. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Graveyard Sessions with Stephen West. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed interviewing him. My next episode will uh, be in two weeks on April 8th. Released, It will be released with the uh, designer and stylist, uh, Brooklyn-based, Marcus Paul. He just recently released a capsule collection with Nordstrom's. Uh, He did uh, eyeglass frames with the uh, well-known and highly regarded um, German frame maker Hafmann and Neumeister, uh, and also designed uh, clothes with Bodhi. I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, it's Marcus Paul at Nordstrom. Really beautiful stuff. And he and I talk about everything from New York City to design, 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 <laughs> to life and, and all else. Uh, he's just a great person. And I hope you'll take a listen in a couple of weeks. Thanks again. Have a beautiful day. I try.
just a hooker Didn't you feel like 